any setup that you see on, on, on your hunting shows, if you've got a Jake and a hen decoy set up and the gobbler's coming in, what does he go to first? The Jake. The decoy's going to hit first. He's going to hit that gobbler every time before he ever messes with that hen. And so that kind of proves my point that, you know, they would rather fight. They take care of that first and establish dominance, and then they do their breeding afterwards. And so I really feed off of those turkeys that are henned up, the ones that people say, oh, man, you can't do nothing with it. Those are the turkeys I go after with the hen. Because that seems to be the, I have the most success rate with those adult, mature gobblers. Because he's protected them. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb up. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys, you ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? BuckGrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs, it's got the fat a deer needs, it's got the amino acids, it's got the energy, it's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactate and doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? BuckGrits.com. You can get a sample, you can order it directly from the website, and we're coming to a retailer near you. If you want to help a deer herd, use Buck Grits. I've been on a big board for a while, like a load him in the back of my truck. We can take it to a holler, take it to a field, across a creek, up a big old hill. Year after year, got my Welcome to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. Have we got a wonderful show lined up for you? I'm sitting here in my office in Birch Tree, Missouri, at the American Roots Outdoors office in my home. And turkey season's around the corner. Turkey season started in some of the southern states, Redbone. Yeah, I noticed on the social media, a lot of folks are, uh, they're, they're killing birds down in Florida like crazy. Yes, they are. And our guest today is Mr. Scott Berry. I've known Scott Berry since he's a little kid. And as you know, I went to North Carolina, the East Coast, uh, Tuesday morning. Well, Monday morning, I flew to North Carolina to do a farm visit. And we helped set up a farm out there. That's going to be a waterfowl, turkey, and deer haven oh. with Randy Daly and uh, Rob Crocker. They're partners in construction, and you talk about a beautiful place. But on my way home, I called Scott Barry, and we talked for an hour. And uh, you guys are going to find this guy is a unique individual. If you've ever heard of the Hank Gobblecon, listen real good. You might just hear it. Listen to this call real quick. Yeah, we got it, but you got to back away from the phone. Back away from it about five, ten feet. Do it again. All right. Yeah, let me back up here just a second. One of the most realistic gobble calls I've ever heard in my life, Redbone. Hmm. Oh, my. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. 
That is the Hank Gobble call. And Scott, hit it again. All right. <laughs> it sounds like you've got a gobbler right in the room. It sounds like a real turkey once you back away from it and it doesn't, doesn't overmodulate. Scott, let's talk about who you are. And uh, you're a Carter County boy. Your family and your roots runs deep in Carter County. Tell, tell us about where you was born and, and talk about your roots real quick. Well, I was, I was born in St. Louis, Alex, and, of course, my grandpa always lived in, in Carter County in Van Buren, a little town Fremont just outside of Van Buren. And, and we was raised up on Current River on those, on those Mark Twain National Forests and Ozark National Scenic Riverways public ground birds. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of where I got my start, and, and uh, that's where I cut teeth at down there. Yeah, so, so let's talk about the Barry uh, bloodline. Uh, let's talk about that. Your, your grandfather, who? what was his name? His name was Howard Barry. Okay. And then um, he had five boys. You know, my Uncle Charlie was the oldest, and my Uncle Phil, and my dad was the middle. My uncle Ronnie and then and my uncle Tim was the youngest. So, so you uh, each other, Redbone. You're gonna love this. Wayne will not be with us today, by the way, everybody. Wayne has a uh, child foster parenting meeting this evening. That's why he's not here. But uh, the first time I ever met this young man, Scott Barry, and, and Scott was at Tucker Brothers Taxidermy in St. Louis. I used to do the St. Louis Sports Show every year. And I would go stay with him while I was up there, and he would come in as a little whippersnapper. How old was you, Scott? Man, I probably wasn't eight or ten years old, Alex. <laughs> yeah, and I can I can remember going up there and hanging out with you, and just I I couldn't ask you to gobble enough times to suit me. <laughs> like to me, you're gobbling with your voice. I mean, it used to just tear me up, and my mom and dad would be walking all over that boat show. And I just tell him, I'll just be right here. I won't go nowhere. I'm just going to sit here and hang out. I just wanted to hear you gobble as many times as I could get you to do it. <laughs> I used to be fascinated by it. So, Redbone, this boy right here told me last night, and it really made me feel like I was on cloud nine. He said, Alex, you've inspired me to create this call. And when he told me that, I thought, oh, man, we got to talk about this. Not to make me look good, it's just... To, to prove a point to all of our listeners, how you never know what you do that's going to spy, inspire somebody to do what they've done. But the Hank Gobble call is a huge success, Redbone. Yeah. Well, and I, and I got to ask Scott, I said, was it the fact that, that you couldn't duplicate what Alex was doing with his voice, making a gobble that said, I've got to develop a call because I just can't get to where Alex is with his natural voice? Well, I've always wanted to be able to gobble mm-hmm. like that, and I never could do it near as good as what Alex can. I mean, I, I learned to gobble with a mouth diaphragm, and sure. I mean, it was it was shoddy at best, to be <laughs> honest with you. And I just, we were sitting around the shop one day down in Tennessee, and we got this idea that we were going to invent a gobble call, or try to, and honestly, man, God just handed this, idea over to us because less than 24 hours later hate was born wow and the realism that we it, it, i gotta tell you a little short story after we invented this call 
me and Mark decided, hey, you know, I tell everybody how realistic. Hey, Scott, tell everybody who Mark is. Well, Mark Coyne is the founder and the original founder and owner of Down and Dirty Outdoors. You know, and me and Mark were we were working together at the time and building turkey calls and, and help building our brand and we were together every day. I mean, I was living down in <coughs> excuse me, I was living down in Lewisburg, Kentucky, you know, with Mark. And uh so we built this call and the next morning we got up and every day we'd go up and eat breakfast at a little place we called the Greasy Spoon. And uh we decided, I said, hey, Mark, I said, let's video this with our phone. We'll just record it. I said, that old, there's an old man up there that used to always talk turkey with us and stuff every day. I said, we'll just play it for him and let him hear it, see what he thinks. And so Mark gets on the owl hooter, and he starts hooting, and I start gobbling with this with the haint. We recorded this sound bite. We went up there and played like a minute-long deal of owls hooting and turkeys gobbling, and we played it for this guy, and he goes, man, he said, how... How close were y'all to that turkey? And I said, man, we were right on top of him. <laughs> and I told I, I told Mark after we left, I said, dude, I said this guy is a seasoned turkey hunter. He's probably in his sixties at this point. Now, he's turkey hunted his whole life. I said we just fooled him. He thought that what we just did this morning was an actual turkey. I said, man, we're we're really on to something here, you know. Wow. And so that's when we really decided, man, we really got something. But it was it was just a gift from God. It's just like it came way too easy. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that, Alex. We need to go to break. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends in just a moment. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. I could load him in the back of my truck. We can take it. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. The Ammunition Presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. Oh, my goodness, Redbone. (laughs) I still think he's got a turkey in the room with him, and he's just going over there and goosing it every once in a while. That sounds good. Let's get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of this. So this is a call that you exhale on and you created it on a wood blade and you've got the inner parts like a duck call. Let's talk about that. Well, what it is, it's a mylar reeded um, call. That's the gut system in it. And to, to run this call, you have to learn to flutter your tongue. I don't like when you use a little kid. You ever play like machine gun? 
you run yeah. around with your face yeah. on you. If you can do that, you can gobble on this call. Wow. Well, that's awesome. So you you and Mark Coyne actually created this call. And what year was that? That was 2011 when the call was built. Well, I know when I was with Bloodline and we created Bloodline, we helped promote the Hank Gobble call. And we helped sell hundreds of them, uh, maybe a thousand. I don't know. But if you don't care to share with people, uh, tell the people how popular this call was once you came out with it and how much volume you done with this call in the side of, in one year, what was your best year? Um, well, our, the first year when the hate come out, I mean, just to kind of give you an idea at that time, some of the biggest sales people at the NWTF, like as far as game call companies was around 12, $14,000 during the national wildlife convention. Hmm. And yep. in Hank alone, the very first year in four days, we sold $50,000 worth of just Hank. Whoa! That doesn't count all the apparel and the other numerous calls that we sold, you know, mouth diaphragms, pot calls, and stuff like that. But the Hank just, it floored everybody. I mean, we were selling out of the NWTF's booth, you know, because we'd actually went out to South Carolina and sat down with the president. And he basically just asked us what we wanted to do. And we had some ideas. And so we were selling paints in our booths and paints in their booths. And it was just like a big explosion. You know, it was, was kind of crazy. So but that first year, I would say probably, I know we sold over a million dollars worth the first year. That's quite a success story, Alex. That's like the all-American dream right there. It is, and if you've ever seen it, some of our listeners I know have used the Haint, and they own a Haint, and it, it is, and I don't, I'm going to be devil's advocate, it is hard to learn to use if you cannot flood your tongue, but they come up with this idea again, I'm going to reiterate what you explained to me, they went on a wood lathe and turned a barrel. Talk about that real quick. Well... The original call that we built was actually built out of a, a goose barrel. And Mark actually took a block of wood because he, he wanted it to be unique. And so he actually built a, a, the wood barrel that's actually the Hank now. And it took him, I think, a day or so to design it. And then when he came up with the logo for the Hank, there's a, there's a lot behind that story as well. Because if you look at the... If you look at the actual call, it says the Hank, and then you've got, like, a tree limb with a beard that's hanging down off the limb. And a lot of people have asked me, hey, why did you call that call the Hank? Like, what's that mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of thought that went into that. And on just on the logo, a Hank, like, down in the south, a lot of people call ghost Hank. So mm -hmm. it's basically like the ghost gobbler. And if you look at the limb and the detail, there's flowers on the limb that the beard hangs from on the logo. Yeah. It's actually a dogwood tree. And everybody talks in the South, you know, hey, when the dogwoods bloom, the turkeys boom. Well, we've got the beard hanging from the dogwood limb, and that's the hang. That's the logo, and that's that's how it all came about, you know. It's pretty cool, Redbone. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually looking at one right now on the, on the website. And, uh, they're a good-looking call, and, uh, yeah, I love the logo. I mean, it, it's 
it's a pretty active logo, but uh, man, it gets the point across. I can I can see exactly what you were talking about when I look at it. Just an old dogwood limb. Yep, there you go. It's basically the ghost gobbler. You can hear him, but you can't see him. (laughs) (laughs) To all of our listeners across this universe, if you go to their website or go to YouTube and type in the Haint gobble call, you will see a video. And when this video starts out, uh, starts out, you overseeing some rolling mountains, hardwoods, and all of a sudden you hear these turkeys gobbling in a distance. And as the guy is walking through the woods, filming, you're walking through the woods. You don't see a guy, but you're walking through the woods, and you're getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And they get to gobbling and Jake yelping and almost into a fight. And when the camera comes around the tree, you see Mr. Mr. Mark Coyne and... Mr. Scott Barry gobbling at each other, it blows your mind because you think it's real, Redbone. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I, I haven't watched the video. I see what you're talking about there. But, uh, yeah, folks, go to Down and Dirty Outdoors and uh, take a look. Yeah, some really cool stuff. And, and a lot of the other merchandise that they've got on their website, too, looks really cool. You've got the video right there handy, don't you, Redbone, that you can hit on it and let them hear the, 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 the well, no, because, audio of it? No, the Internet computer here in the studio doesn't have sound. Uh, because if it did, I'd be doing a radio show and stuff would be playing <laughs> in the background. That's not supposed to. So no, they don't so let me anyway. have sound on that on the internet computer computer here in the in the studio. But um, I bet y'all be getting on my phone later and and watching that video because it looks pretty cool. And um, so what what's the secret here, Scott? I mean, what's the secret? What makes this thing sound so realistic? Well, it's it's just the power of the call. You know, it, it's. The Mylar Reed just gives it such a realistic sound. And once you learn how to get the right tongue flutter, and if a lot of people I tell them, if you can't do the tongue flutter, you can also go tuka 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 tuka, which that seems to be what a lot of the duck hunters are more familiar with, with doing because of, you know, like feed and chuckles. If you can do that fast, you can make this call sound phenomenal that method as well. Hmm. Basically, when, once you get the, the tongue flutter or the tucka tucka down, all you do then is just use your hands at the back of the call to shape the sound, and it'll do what it does. You know, you don't care. Do the tucka tucka real quick before we go to a break. Do the and I, I'm honestly, Alex, I'm the world's worst person to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your best rendition of it. My best. All right, I will try my best. Now, I'm not making any promises on how good this one sounds. Guys. This ain't my style. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm holding you at it. Picked it up. Then you just speed it up to do it again. Give us a good gobble now. I can give you a good gobble. Hold on, this thing. Everybody, we're going to go to a break. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors. We've got Mr. Scott Berry, the creator, uh, designer of the Hank Gobble Call. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're listening to my good buddy, Mr. Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Year after year, 
Hey guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? I'm going to put some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover. You're going to put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover in it. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord? Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that will get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eagleseed.com. You know, Alex, there is a, a company in the outdoors that wants to provide quality hunting gear at affordable prices for the everyday hunter. Yes, there is, Redbone. It's Tide We. These guys are a blue-collar company. They make excellent products that's very affordable for everybody. And these guys want to help every outdoorsman live out their passions in the outdoors. And to find out more about this company, just go to www.tidewe.com. That's T-I-D-E-W-E.com. Around your heart, so you never got to worry. Hunt Control presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome to segment three. If you're just joining us, we've got Scott Berry, a local Missouri boy that uh, his roots runs deep and strong down in Carter County. And his grandparents from southern Missouri, Fremont, Missouri, uh, traveled these hills along the National Scenic Riverways and the Mark Twain National Forest. Cut his teeth hunting turkeys with his grandpa and his uncles. And and this boy right here, again, if you missed the early segments of the show, I met this boy when he was eight, nine years old doing the St. Louis Sports Show. And he said that uh, he, he loved to hang out with me at the shows and learned to gobble uh, by coming to the shows with us. But he came up with the idea to create a gobble call. So he's created a gobble call that sold over a million dollars worth in the outdoor industry. So welcome back to the show, uh, Scott. And man, we're covering some great content. Share a story with us, and we got to keep this about seven, eight and a half minutes, of how you have pulled some gobblers. Share a story with us real quick. That's how I've, how I've used the call to, to kill different gobblers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Share some with us. Yeah. Well, um, man, I tell you what, there's so many stories, Alex. Um my favorite thing to do with this call, you know, is, is to find hinned-up gobblers. And I've had major success with getting the gobblers to leave the hens because what i found is that the turkeys would rather fight than breed. And to prove that point, any setup that you see on, on, on your hunting shows, if you've got a Jake and a hen decoy set up and the gobbler's coming in, what does he go to first? decoys hit first. He's going to hit that gobbler every time before he ever messes with that hen. And so that kind of proves my point that you know they would rather fight. They take care of that first and establish dominance, and then they do their breeding afterwards. And so I really feed off of those turkeys that are hemmed up. The ones that people say, "Oh man, you can't do nothing with it." Those are the turkeys I go after with the hank because that seems to be the I have the most success rate with those adult mature gobblers because he's protective of them. You know, he's already declared his pecking order and he's gathered his hens and these other gobblers you see by themselves are what we call satellite gobblers. So your challenge is to dominate more turkeys and share a, a quick story here. One of the stories, uh, 
that uh, I think that people will find very interesting. How about a late season gobbler you shared with me last night in Carter County on government land? Talk about that hunt. Um, I'm trying to think of what I was talking about that last night, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about that. But uh, let me think here. Um, man, I've killed some. I've killed some. There was one turkey that I that I worked down there. It was the last day of season. It was highly pressured turkeys over off of T Highway, which everybody around Van Buren is going to know what I'm talking about now. But we got on this old gobbler that he would gobble and gobble and gobble at everything we threw at him. I mean, he just he tore the haint up. But he just wouldn't come in, and I couldn't figure out, man, what is this turkey doing? And so he was kind of walking left and right up and down this ridge. Me and a buddy of mine, Joby Sanders, we ended up easing over the top of this ridge. Well, right on top, there was about a two-foot-tall fence. He just wasn't going to cross it. I mean, out in the middle of the timber, I don't even know what this fence was doing there. But we get set up on top, finally, and the bird's kind of, at this point, 150, 200 yards on down the ridge. And a vehicle pulled in down at the gravel road below us across the field. And this guy gets out, and he starts owl hooting, and he starts crow calling. He'd heard the bird gobbling from far off. And the whole time that the guy was there, this bird would do nothing but drum. He wouldn't say a peep. You could just hear him drumming. And he finally gets in his vehicle, and he starts it up. And when he turned the key, Alex, if I'm lying, I'm dying, the bird gobbled at the truck start. And I thought, man, this bird has been pressured. (laughs) I told my buddy, I said, listen, I said, I'm going to go down through here, hen yelping, like an old hen going to a gobbler. I said, you stay right here on top. If he comes on top, you shoot him. If he comes off to the side, I'll kill it. And I went about 50, 75 yards down the side of that ridge, and all I could hear was just drumming getting louder and louder. And I finally turned to the left and looked up, and there he was about 30 yards. And I let him walk behind a tree. When he stepped out, that was it. But, um, and you talk about a smart turkey. You know, he was just, he was highly educated. But he loved that hang call. I think what we just learned there, Redbone, is how pressured these turkeys can be and how they adapt to pressure. When they hear a rig pulling in close, they know to shut up. It's just like a coyote pulling up close to them and start howling, trying to, you know, uh, eat that turkey. It's just like a hunter. A hunter becomes a predator to the turkey, and the turkey adapted to the pressure that he was receiving. And he shut up, and all he would drum, do is drum. So we call it motoring here in the Ozarks, motoring, drumming, spitting drum. Uh, but the turkey was just doing this. And a gobble will do that. It's like a silent gobble. He does that to entice the hens. And when a turkey gobbles everybody, so you understand this, the turkey gobbles to attract the females, the hens. So what we're doing by calling turkeys in is reversing Mother Nature. So what Scott is actually doing is using a dominance tactic to outsmart a lot of these long-hooked, long-spurred, long-bearded gobblers, Redbone. Yeah, and and I think the you know just hearing the Hank call, it sounds like a dominant bird. So that's going to threaten any dominant bird in that region uh, that another bird has come in and going to try and take away his hen. So uh, you know, it only makes sense that the call would just be fantastic to use on hinned up turkeys. Exactly. Exactly. You know- the main thing is, like, when you find those old, those, those hinned up gobblers, 
there's a line, and that's what I call it. Once you cross the, <clears throat> the certain line, they're committed to you to coming in and fighting and establishing dominance. It's, it's kind of like early season. You go out and you hear four or five gobblers all bunched up. And then you get a little closer to season and you go to the same spot listening at birds and they're all spread out over a quarter of a mile across here. Well, at that point, they've already been fighting. They've established their dominance. And each one of them has their own little area that they're running. Mm-hmm. And once you, once you step too far into their comfort zone, I would call it, I guess, there's a line. One of them might be 50 yards in. This one here, you might have to get within, you know, 300 yards of him, and he's coming to fight. But every one of them has a line, and once you cross it, you'll see a side to the wild turkey that most people don't get to see, like getting into a goblin match with a with a live long beard. It's a rush. Wow. You know, so- you're goblin. goblin, you're both trying to cut each other off, and the whole time he's just running in, getting closer and closer. And they're coming in with a whole different mindset than breathing. They're coming in to fight. Wow. Yeah, pretty awesome. We're going to go to a break, Scott, here in just a few seconds. But when we come back, we're going to talk about how you determine how you start off your calling sequence to a gobbler. Uh, How do you pick the gobbler you want to go to after we take a break? Everybody, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors. We'll be right back with more The Hank Gobble Call with Scott Berry. Right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tippin, and you're listening to my old buddy Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors and Good Friends. Hey, turkey hunters. This is Alex Rutledge. Have you heard about Apex Ammunition? If you haven't, they are American-owned, American-made, made one at a time, hand-loaded. These turkey loads will give you the confidence that you need to close the deal on that old hook daddy long beard gobbler. For more information, go to www.apexammunition.com. Buck Grits. Tide Week presents. American Roots Outdoor segment for the show, the final segment of our show, everybody. (laughs) What you just heard is the Hank Gobble call. That call will turn turkeys inside out. Again, it's Scott Berry, one of the creators of this mind-blowing gobble call. What we want to tell you as as a listener is that do not use a gobble call on public land around other hunters. Uh, if you are using a hate gobble call, you want to carry some type of orange with you when you're walking in and out of the woods mm-hmm. and make sure there's no other hunters around you when using this call. The same thing with using a, a strutting deep when are carrying a turkey fan. So let's get back to Scott Berry here. Scott, how do you determine your calling sequence? Do you just walk up to them and start gobbling? Talk about your strategy on how you use this call. Well, <clears throat> depending on, you know, if I've scouted it or not, if I'm scouted it and I know he's got hens, usually what I'll do, Alex, is I'll set up on him. You know, normally I've watched him roost the night before. I know where he's at. I know he's hinned up, and I know he's the type of turkey I'm looking for. And what I'll do then is I will literally sit with the hank 
up to my lips. And as soon as he gobbles, that first gobble in the morning, I cut him off. And if he answers right back, it's game on. Hmm. And then it's just a gobbling match back and forth. And it just seems like those type of turkeys, they'll hit the ground come running. But if I'm going in blind, a lot of times I'll let them gobble a few times. I'll throw a gobble out there just to test the waters. Now, if I gobble and the bird, bam, he cuts me off and gobbles right back, man, I've got a player. If I gobble and he kind of gets quiet for a second and holds back, I might test him one more time just to see if it was like, huh, man, you know, catch him off guard. And then next time he gets cranked up on it, if he doesn't answer right back after the second or third gobble, I usually put it down because you're, you're probably on a satellite bird that's been beat up pretty bad. And the last thing he wants to come into is, a, is another long beard. So that's basically, I just play it by ear, bird for bird, you know. Every, every one of them is different. So the gobbler that does not respond instantly back to you, if you're going into an area blind, you probably won't go mess with him. You'll try to find another gobbler, or do you go back to hen calls to see if he responds to that, to set up the gobbler call to bring it back in again? What, what is your strategy? Well, that's usually what I'll do is I'll, if, if he doesn't answer the hang right back and he gets kind of skittish of it, doesn't say too much, I'll usually get quiet for a while and then start bringing the hen calling into the situation just to see how he reacts to that. And if he's, you know, if he's answering, hey, we've got a ball player. If not, you know, I, I'll go find a different turkey. Yeah. So let me ask you this, uh, and I know you have, and I know you're going to answer it truthfully. You scared turkeys with a gobble t- call too, right? Oh, absolutely. I've had turkeys that I and we're gonna we're gonna Rochambeau this this guy in no time and gobble at him, hit the ground and go the other way. They don't want nothing to do with it. And it's usually turkeys that have been beat up pretty bad. Yeah, and usually, yeah, they gobble I'm running it. Yeah, and, and listen to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a statement here, Redbone, to all of our listeners. Uh Jake's aren't always the satellite gobblers. Jakes will gang up on old turkeys. If they've been a big, huge hatch, and you see a group of jakes, like three to five, six jakes, they will go from gobbler to gobbler trying to shut them up. (laughs) You're exactly right, Alex. So a big, long beard, hook daddy could be a satellite gobbler. He really could because he's been whooped out, ganged up on If you see a year where the turkeys aren't gobbling very much, I guarantee you as a turkey hunter, it's because of several things, but if there's a lot of turkeys and you had a great hatch, that's the reason they're not gobbling very much because they do not want to be messed with from those janks, Redbone. Yeah, and, and that just makes You're total exactly sense. right, Alex. Those gates, jakes will gang up on them. But, and I was, yeah, well, I was going to ask about the fact that, uh, you know, it sounds like this Hank call is, is, you know, a call that you could use just as the only call you put in your bag, but, but then, Scott, you said that, uh, you know, there are times uh, when you will go you know, a more traditional way to call those birds in. Do you ever use the haint and the hen calls simultaneously or, or at the same time, or do you try and keep them separate? All the time. Really? I, I use that all the time. That's that's a daily trick. I mean, when you can hen yelp and then gobble right behind it, and especially like in fall scenarios, mm-hmm. it's really lethal in the fall. You know, you get your hens yelping, you get the, of course, in the fall, I'll do little shorter gobbles. I don't bring them out as long because they don't gobble as hard in the fall but they still gobble mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah i definitely use those simultaneously to, to 
to kill turkeys. Absolutely. Well, I've been gobbling the turkeys most of my life, and, and I kind of steered away from it for a few years because the NWTF did not want us using the, the strutting decoys and, and the, the gobbles because they thought it was going to cause people to get shot, and there has been people shot using this technique. But we steered away from it for a while. But we started way back in the late 80s, early 90s, and we steered away from it. But but you guys came into play uh, promoting the gobble call, and you met with the NWTF. So you brought the goblin back into the scenario of hunting techniques and strategies. And some of the techniques I use, Scott, is I don't gobble to a turkey instantly. Every turkey that I set up on, whether I've roosted him or not, uh, if I go in blind, I'm listening to the scenario, the situation that I'm getting into. So if I go into a strange area and, and I'm in a high ridge and I hear <laughs> one gobbles way off, whatever, I'm listening for other turkeys to start gobbling. Who's listening to turkeys doing the most gobbling? That turkey right there, and what I listen for, too, is how long, how hard he rolls it out. When you got a turkey that gobbles like this, long and rolled out, he's really pleading. When you got a gobbler that gobbles like this, he's not pleading as much as the other gobblers, just like me talking, begging for something. Would you agree? I agree. So I listen for the turkeys doing the most gobbling. Then I ease into that bubble, the comfort zone. And what I do, and that doesn't mean I'm right all the time because it doesn't work all the time, just like the gobble doesn't work every time. So what I do is I start hen calling to build a conversation with the hens, if there's, if there's hens with that gobbler, and get him fired up. Then I'll go in on him doing Jake gobbles, and Jake yelps like this. <laughs> then I make, you know, in and out, and I'm voice calling. And, and, and maybe create a fight, too, which stimulates him. He's thinking, man, them jakes. I'm going to go up there and whoop one of them. But I don't try to make it a group of jakes, just like a single jake. And right. it'll make that hung-up gobbler that's got hens leave instantly, Redbone. You agree, Scott? I definitely agree with that statement. I've seen it happen many times. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, Alex, we're about out I'll of tell time you another here. Situation. Yeah, we got a couple minutes. Yeah, just a couple minutes. So go ahead, Scott. I was just going to tell you, another situation a lot of people don't think about with the goblin, especially when you got a hank call that's as loud as it is and projects as far as it does, think about those times mid-morning when it's 9, 10 o'clock, everything's been quiet for a while, and then yeah. all of a sudden you get one bird that gobbles, and then, man, two or three of them crank back up. Yeah. Now with the hank, you can be that one gobbler that cranks the rest of them back up, and I've used it for locating like that mid-morning, hmm. and it is. It's pretty deadly for that as well. How many hunters have you called in with that hank? Seriously. Oh, man. I, several, to be honest <laughs> with you. I hunt a lot of private ground. In fact, one time I had a little fun with a neighbor of mine that liked to hunt the fence line, and we messed with him <laughs> for a little while, but we never did get to where he could shoot at us or anything. But, yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, so what do you do when you got a hunter that's approaching you, somebody that's using the hank? How do you handle that situation? Well, instantly I put the call up. Yeah. And I usually try to make a, some sounds that they know that there's a human over there, whether it's yes. 
with a mouth on and just make a goofy noise or whatever, just to let them know, hey, look, this is people over here. This is an actual turkey. Yeah, you may want to carry an orange vest with you or something. Seriously, way back. Well, I got a, yeah, I definitely have orange on the back of my vest as well. You know, you got those little tags that flip out, and I definitely you, you got to be safe. That's that's a major factor when using this call. Is you know, people are looking to kill gobblers, and you sound just like one. You know, well, when you get good at that fair. call, you can't tell. We're going to wrap it up here, but I want to thank you for being on the show. And I want to say Scott has, has, has told us he's going to give away a Hank Gobble call Whoa. and a shirt app to the winners on our bonus segment if you leave a review. We've got a bonus segment after this, and uh, the only way you can listen to it, you got to be a podcast listener. He's going to give it away to somebody that leaves a review. We're going to draw that name. But, Scott, how can people find out more about you? Do you have a website? Do you have social media? Talk about that. We, we have a Facebook page, um, which is, you know, Down in Dirty Outdoors with a Z. And we've also got our website, which is kind of under construction right now. We don't have all of our pot calls and mouth diaphragms. We just got a few things there. We, we, we revamped our line, but you can check it all out at www.down, the letter N, Dirty Outdoors with an S.com. There you go, everyone. Very. What a great show, Redbone. What great content. Again, we just want to stress, anybody that uses the gobble card, gobble, gobbler decoys, always think safety. Don't use it around other hunters. Carry some orange with you, and uh, we'll wrap the show up. And uh, Remember, share the outdoors with a kid. It's all about our future of our great sport, God's creation, the wild turkey. Redbone, when, when your roots runs deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do, American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Accurate. Deadly. Dependable. Hornady Ammunition, from a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady, each piece is hand-inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly, simply put, the best. Hornady Ammunition. Find Hornady Ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com. How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. Amped Outdoors, Apex Ammunition, PC Fun Fishing presents our American Roots bonus segment. If you're listening to this, you're listening to it on your favorite podcast carrier. We want every podcast carrier available out there. If you do not catch it on a podcast carrier, 
and you're listening here, which you must be listening on the podcast, you can also go to our website and listen to all of our old shows, www.americanrootsoutdoors.com. Please leave a review on every show you listen to, and your name goes into a drawing. This show here, we're going to give away a down and dirty cap, down and dirty decal, T-shirt, and a Hank Gobble Call sound by Mr. Scott Berry. Scott, you've done a great job. Uh, What I'd like you to do right now is share another great story about six minutes with us, five minutes uh, of a hunt that really stands out. I know last night when we talked, all you could talk about, and I and I admire this, is your your daughters. How you love to take your daughters. Let's talk about that. Oh man, I love to take my girls. And you know they're they're so busy with sports now. It's it's hard to get get time off and 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 be able to connect on just like the youth weekends or stuff. Whenever I have time away from my other job to take them, but and they're a blast to get out there and and try to call turkeys in for. <clears throat> Excuse me. What's that, Alex? Share a story with us, Scott, about hunting with your daughters with the Hank Gobble Call. Well, let me think here. Uh, honestly, last year, me and my daughter Maddox, we got on a we got on a long beard, and this Joker was he was he was hinned up. He was down in this bottom, and we gobbled at him several times that morning. And he'd answer, but he never would quite commit to coming right in. And about 12.30 in the afternoon, I wound up gobbling, getting him cranked back up, and we gobbled his hens in. Well, when his hens come in, he was probably 10 or 15 minutes behind it. And we wound up killing a long beard that had over 12-inch beard and over inch-and-a-half hooks. And... And it was just patience. And, you know, that's the thing with the hay. a lot of times it ain't going to happen right off the bat. A lot of times it does happen right off the bat. But, you know, turkeys are like people. Some like to hear it, some don't. Um, some like to fight. Some are more passive. And if you just feel them out, you get on the right turkey, you can make it happen. And sometimes you play your cards right, you can be on the wrong turkey and still make it happen. You know, it's just like a game of chess, the way I look at it. Yeah, we just got a couple of minutes. Great story, and it's it's great that you believe and share uh, your, your your traditions, your heritage with your children. Uh, what have you got to say to everybody out there in the world that's listening to you right now about the Hank call? Uh, what have you got to say? Well, once you learn how to use the Hank. It will change the way you turkey hunt for the rest of your life. You know, used to, I never I never really did much gobbling at turkeys. But ever since I've, I've come up with the Hank, me and Mark Coyne, um, my life has changed the way I turkey hunt. And I, I won't go to the woods without it. I'm In fact, I've left it hanging up on my truck and walked in a half a mile and turned around and walked a half mile back out just to get it before daylight just to have it with me because I almost feel naked without it. And it will become a tool that you will use just about every single day in the turkey woods. You know, there's several times a day I'll try and use it on different scenarios and, and usually you'll 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 come out successful. There you have it folks, Scott Berry, the creator, one of the creators of the Hank Gobble Call. 
what a great, great interview, Redbone. And we're sorry that Wayne couldn't be here with us, but uh, yeah. uh, I've got three or four of the Hank Galbacall still, some of the wooden ones. Do you know how much they're selling for right now, Redbone, after they shut their business down for a while? And they're just now bringing it back. back. Scott is now the new owner of it. So we're excited about what's in store for Scott and his company. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can buy the wooden calls online for $250 to $300 a piece. And right now, Scott's going to bring them back. And what are they retailing at? They're retailing right now at 100 Oh, wow. Bucks. Yep. Wow. So how durable? At $100 a piece. Yeah, and Scott, I know, and you talked about you know, early, on in the, early on in the red or the uh, uh, radio show about the fact that these calls – you know, you started in 2011. Have there been any, just real quick, uh, improvements or changes to the call over the 12 or 13 years that, that y'all have been building them? Or is it is it still right now the same call that it was, you know, back in 2011? This is the, it's the exact same call as in 2011. Hmm. The only difference is I've changed the wood from walnut to cherry. Right. And some of that was expense and some of that was sound. I, I, I kind of like the sound we get out of cherry a little bit better than, than even the walnut. But don't get me wrong, the walnut is fantastic. Very awesome. cool. Awesome. I tell you what, wrap her up here with a bunch of goblin. As I'm wrapping it up, just walk off to a distance, start gobbling. I'm going to close it up here. Okay. That sounds good. I <laughs> Great show, Redbone, and to our listeners here. Yeah. The hate oh, will change the way you hunt. It's a secret weapon in your arsenal of turkey hunting. And uh, listen to the realism here as we wrap it up. Remember, share the outdoors with a kid. Share the outdoors. It's God's creation. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. Ha, ha, ha.